Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are so happy to be here. My name is Gismarie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, like always, Kira Kelly. Hey, Village. And Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And we're starting a new season, ladies. Come on. woo And we're kicking off the season with an amazing guest. And we always take pride, ladies, when we introduce people that we love, right? We say that we take pride, and we, we take joy, and we love it, and... I'm taking a lot of joy and pride today because this is a friend of mine for many years. I consider her one of my sisters and I love her so dearly, but she's also an amazing and successful business owner. So we have Lenny Froliker. I always, I am so sorry if I butchered that last name. It's always going to be wrong with me, but you know what? You say it yourself, but welcome. Welcome, Lenny. And your last name. <laughs> Froliker. Yes. Welcome to Should the we village. we just do Maiden, like Beltran, old school days? Sure. We can do Lenny Beltran. She's with us. And we have an awesome episode called, you know what? I don't know why you make me talk. Can you say the name of the episode? <laughs> Kristen, can you share with the audience? Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This is the village and we're multicultural. This is why they have me talking. So you guys can laugh. But anyways, we had this awesome episode and we cannot wait to dive in. But Lenny, so say hi to our village and tell us who you are and who's your people. Hi, guys. Well, first of all, I'm super humbled to be sitting at this table. I feel like you guys are like powerhouses of women. I was telling Kira before. So thanks for just letting me on here. So yeah, my name is Lenny and my husband is Aaron. I've been married for 10 years, going on 11. Woohoo! Yeah, we did it. Feels like 15. I mean, two years. I'm just <laughs> I love you, babe. And then we have three kids. So Julian is nine. Jesse is five. And our baby just turned one, Olivia. So she's our first girl. And I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. And then I have to say, Jesus, because this is kind of a really cool story for us. But I have known you since I was 18. Oh, wow. We're not going to talk about age, but that's been a while. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then I actually, we met when you guys were planning your wedding cake and my mom was picking out my sister's birthday cake. For her 15. For my sister's 15. So I was actually just got into PBA and my dad met. And of course, my dad's like, my daughter plays violin. She's awesome. You need her. I don't know what he was saying. And Christian's like, well, I'm a worship pastor and we have an internship. So way before any of these things happened, we were already connected through that. So it's kind of cool. The Lord worked it out. Isn't that crazy? So tell us a bit more about yourself, obviously, and your journey into entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I always like to say I had an accidental business because I'm a musician. And even now, that's kind of what is a big part of me and what's in my heart. I played music forever and ever. I did worship, minored in ministry. And then 
starting Elderberry was kind of like an act of desperation. So Julian at the time was two and we had just moved from Jacksonville to Fort Myers and he was having all these crazy like respiratory attacks. Like we could not get his asthma under control. He was a new asthmatic all of a sudden. We didn't know if it was environmental. We had the house checked. I mean, every little tiny cold led to these like blow ups when we were in the ER. We had the ambulance come twice to our house because he would just pass out and we didn't know he was breathing. So it was really scary. Meanwhile, I'm pregnant with Jesse. We go the whole pregnancy with these episodes. Jesse's born at six weeks old. He gets RSV. So if you don't know what that is, it's kind of a common cold for us, right? But for the kids or babies, if they get it, it hospitalizes them or can. And so for him, he just plummeted. I mean, we brought him in and he was like pulling his whole body up, his rib cage to breathe. My husband's in medical and he's like, his O2's plummeting. I'm hearing all this talk. And it was like the movies, like the nurse kind of had to take me out because I just was like, couldn't believe it. He gets better. Praise Jesus. No complications from that. No issues. But it just felt like I'm like, I am just dealing with illnesses. I mean, this is two years. What can I do? So I started just researching and asking friends, what do you guys do? And your husband, you said, is in the medical field. So it's not like you're not trying all the medical, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nurse practitioner and he's really holistic. So he's like, let's just research supplements and we're doing everything, smoothies, you name it. And a friend of mine said, have you guys tried elderberry syrup? And so like most people were like, like pancake? Like what what kind of is it? What is this for? So, you know, I go to Whole Foods and at that time, so 2018, it was $40 for four ounces of elderberry. And so I bought it. It was the first time that Julian didn't have an asthma attack. I didn't get sick. And Jesse just his like all the gunk just dried up. So I was like, this is awesome. Like this worked. And so a few colds in, my husband's like, hey, is this like something that maybe we can learn like how to make like $400 in an elderberry here? And this was the year where like Instant Pot was hot. Everyone was getting it for Christmas, for their birthdays. So I had an Instant Pot and good old Pinterest. I would jump on there and I looked up some recipes and I made a batch in my Instant Pot. And I feel like so domesticated. I'm a terrible cook though. I really am terrible. It's like Mall Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. I love it. I know. I think my mom came to visit once and she's like, what are you doing? I had like a wooden spoon and black liquids boiling. She's like, it's weird. So I figured out how to make it. And then I posted on on my Instagram, hey guys, I have like leftover jars. Does anybody want elderberry syrup? And I had 75 orders in two weeks from word of mouth, church, family, I mean, I had people that I like went to high school with like, hey, can you ship this to California? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I just kind of kept rolling with it. And it's just amazing, like the community of moms that made this happen really and truly. Like I look back at her journey, even from just like our customer base to the people that have been with me from the beginning, it's moms. They used it. They loved it. They shared it. And that was kind of like what just kept it going. So what's the name of your business then? Yeah. Oh, OK. So all that to say. So I named it Elderberry Elixir in 2018. So Lenny, you went into Whole Foods, you found it. It was a lot. You, as most moms or a lot of moms do, we think, how can we help our families financially? I mean, you said it was an accidental business and there may be some bigger companies that are doing it. But tell us, tell our listeners, what sets Elderberry Elixir apart from anything else, any other products? 
Yeah. So the way that you can make elderberry syrup, when these companies, like let's say you go to CVS, you're getting like a brand that's on the shelf. They're making these in massive quantities. So quality is going to go down a little bit and they're going to pinch pennies a lot, right? Because elderberries are really expensive, especially after COVID. So the more elderberries you use, the more potent it is, the faster it works, the better it is for you. And it's all about that, the milligram content. So with ours, we use the real berries. It's kind of like making wine. We express all the liquid from it and we have a super high milligram content of it. So one tablespoon of our elderberry elixir has about 1500 milligrams and one gummy has 20 milligrams. So when you buy, like some people are like, oh, I take the gummies. I'm like, you'd have to take like 30 something gummies to get one tablespoon. You're taking sugar. (laughs) You're getting fat for free. (laughs) So it's kind of wild being on this side of like supplement world where technically I could take two ounces of syrup, dilute it with water and sell it for $40. And that's literally what we're buying when we get it at Target and all that. So our big thing was we're making it in small batches. We're keeping that high concentrated. Yep. And we're not using any kind of funny fillers or flavors. So it's really just organic liquid, fresh slices of ginger, no powder anywhere. And that's, I think, why it works too. You're sharing all these details, but I want our listeners to know, like, this is not like something you started like yesterday. I mean, when was it established and also when did it took off? Because I remember before a lot of people didn't know what elderberry was and it took, a, like you mentioned, a big popularity once COVID started and that helped your business as well. So tell us when was established so our listeners can understand that your reputation is for a reason <laughs> and how it actually took off to a big business. Yeah. So the timeline really, it was kind of, that's what I call a God thing. And just even sharing the story, God reminds me, like sometimes he blesses us with these things. He gives us these opportunities in such a radical way so that we can know it was him. Like I would have loved to have been like, yeah, I have an MBA and like I've been planning this for like years. No, we just opened the year before COVID, right? And then as COVID was happening, we were getting ready for the big show. Should I tell them about silos? Yeah. yeah. So we had applied to Spring at the Silos. So if you guys know Joanna Gaines. I mean, who doesn't know Joanna Gaines? <laughs> who doesn't know? Well, we don't know her, but don't you feel like you know her? Like Joe. It's Joe. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we should call her Jojo. We all know. <laughs> She's in our hearts and our living rooms. She <laughs> has blankets on her bed. <laughs> so she has this big spring show and all these vendors get picked, right, to do this kind of like a big farmer's market. And usually it was about 20,000 people that go. So Halloween night, I'll never forget, it was Halloween. I was up super late. And I Googled, like, how do you become a vendor for that? And as I'm like hitting submit, I'm like, I'm so crazy. Like, how would I even know how to sell to 15,000 people? And I just, whatever, I submit. And then Christmas goes by. And I remember I was getting ready for a worship practice. We were at church and an email came through and it's like, congrats, you're officially a vendor for Spring at the Silos. And I was so, I think I was so shocked because I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but this is amazing. And I remember we were just, we just started researching, getting ready, buying stuff in all these quantities. So long story short, we get there, we pack up this U-Haul, we set up in Texas, people are cheering on the streets. I mean, it was really like a cool experience. And we get home that night at around 1130 and the silos team Texas, guys, the entire city is going under lockdown. Like we have to be off the street tomorrow at 10 a.m. So we had driven from Florida directly to Texas, set up, talk about like just sweating. And now it's midnight. We're like, okay, we got to get up at seven. And how much product do you have? 
So I had made exactly a thousand bottles in a kitchen with my friends, my friends' kids, <laughs> grandmas, middle schoolers were in there like stealing bottles. Like it was like a true labor of love for about two months. And immediately I thought, this stuff is not shelf stable yet. I had not done that yet. It had to be refrigerated. So we take everything off the streets. We pack up the truck. And on the way back, as I'm on my phone, Chip and Joe feel so bad for all of us vendors. They take our company, every single vendor, and they put us in, on their Instagrams. So just the story. So I was a combined 12 million followers <laughs> that were like, here's some elderberry syrup. And your phone, you know, when you have oops, Shopify kind of makes like a ding when you make a sale. And it was like all the way home, like 22 hours just dinging. And I'm like, cool, so we can ship these bottles? Like, this is great. And I'm like, babe, we're going to retire, I think. Like, <laughs> I think this is it. And, just, and Aaron's always been like, oh, like, that's cool. Elderberry syrup. He's like, this is great. This is a great business now. <laughs> so we get home. And that's when we went under, like, the real national lockdown. So all the people had helped me get ready for the show, the kitchens I had used, the products, the, the people I order from, they were just, no one was available. And meantime, like even the refrigerator I was using to store the product, they were gone. Like no one was answering phones. So the product started to spoil and we're trying to ship as much as we can just to get these orders out and save it. We were, unfortunately, we're not able to meet all the orders, but what that did was combined with COVID kind of birth like an online business. So it was really cool. That was really and truly, I think, the catapult for us. And then, you know, with COVID, everybody was like, hey, does this work? I'm like, I can't say yes or no, but. Yeah, I do remember you telling me that unconsciously out of that event, that was the only health product that was there that gave the people kind of like a learning kind of almost. It was like people were learning about it. And since it was the only one that actually helped with respiratory and everything health, that took off. And then all of a sudden, I remember months, even not too long, like two months later, all of a sudden I went to Walgreens and everything was elderberry, elderberry. And I was like, Lenny, you know, there's like all of a sudden everything elderberry. And she's like, I can't even buy it from my vendor anymore. Like the actual elderberries. Yeah. Yep. And then I remember there was like an OJ elderberry. And I was like, I've been saying that. <laughs> it really blew up after that. But I just think it was kind of a testament. Like a lot of moms, like when your kids are sick, the last thing you want to do is give them like fake red colors and fillers and oils. And a lot of people were just looking for natural things that worked, you know. Wow. So that was one of your first huge challenges as an early entrepreneur. Can you share with our listeners maybe some other challenges that you've experienced as an entrepreneur and especially as a Christian entrepreneur? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I would say the biggest hurdle to overcome when you're starting anything new, whatever it is you're launching, is fear. And it's the doubt in yourself. And I had a, a ton of insecurities having come from the music world. What does this guitar playing girl know about wholesale and scaling? And, and sometimes you meet these people that they're just so established. And really quickly, I learned if I can't face that, if I can't get comfortable with that fear, I can't go very far. And so a huge part of launching this was a big spotlight shining on me and feeling pushed like, okay, you, you want to sell this. You have to talk to people. Okay. You have to go to the store. You have to talk to a manager to put your product there. So all those little things, those steps overcoming, like, I'm not sure if I can do this. You kind of just have to like get comfortable with that. And 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sarah Blakely, but she started Spanx. She's got incredible just stories and and her her ways on Instagram of sharing. And one of the things she said was a couple of years ago, growing up, their father at the dinner table asked them every day, what did you fail at today? And I remember I stopped and it was like one of these TED videos. And I was like, what? And she says, yeah, every day my dad asks us, what did you guys feel at today? And she's like, I became so comfortable with talking about that, that that's ultimately what I think made me successful. And that kind of like stung because I'm the opposite. I'm like, yes, it's great. And we did great. Not only you, nobody wants to talk about their faults and their failures. No. Yeah. And I can't say we do it every night, but I started doing it with the kids and it's kind of like an opportunity to minister. And my eldest son was like, well, today I I didn't know the math answer. I'm just so bad at math. You know, I'm kind I feel like I'm dumb. You know, I'm like, no. And then we kind of have an open table. We're like, let's talk about what we're not good at. Because so much of what you're going to encounter when you do start, whatever it is that's on your heart, is that like you are going to mess up. Not when, like it's going to happen. You're going to feel. Wow. So three kids, successful business that was basically endorsed by Chip and Joanna Gaines. (laughs) And you mentioned you're a worship leader at church. So just tell us how. How do you do it all? Or how do you make it all work? If it works. Yep. (laughs) Does it work? That's a good question. Balance is, I don't know if it's a real word (laughs) because it's, you know, we all strive for it. But the truth is that like everything has to give and take. So in these moments where you saw, you know, maybe I was doing a great job at the silos, like I wasn't with the kids. I had help with the kids. You know, I had to become comfortable with getting a lot of help. So if I look back to these moments where I was really growing, especially in the beginning, whenever there's success, there's an army of people helping me. And it's never, never by myself. And that was one thing also that helped me a ton, just accepting help. Because I don't know, I I don't know if it's just my family, but we're very like the women in my family (laughs) are hyper independent. Like my mom's like, you can do it. And a lot of that was positive. But then when you become a mom, you kind of start taking that in as if I'm kind of failing. I can't do it all. You know, my mom didn't have a babysitter. Like maybe I shouldn't. So all these things, like I just became a little bit more okay with being like, hey, sometimes we're going to eat a cheese quesadilla for dinner. (laughs) Sometimes we're making shrimp scampi. Like, and not being upset with myself for that and having a husband who he gets, he laughs at me when I'm mad about not cooking. He's like, are you serious? Let's get some eggs. Like, it's cool. Like, <laughs> It's okay now to be okay. Like your husband always says, what is not okay is staying not okay. And we don't have it figured out, right? I'm pretty sure Kristen has a lot of stories about that. <laughs> we don't have to be perfect, but God definitely helps us through all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that balance that it's just staying mindful just staying mindful sometimes like there would be weeks where I felt super productive and I got so much stuff done and then there were weeks where the kids like really needed me and I had to like just ignore some orders and that's kind of like a delicate balance like you do feel like one thing is has to go without right now that's so freeing (laughs) so tell me how I mean because it sounds like when you first started at Elderberry was kind of new nobody knew what it was but now you go everywhere and everything's Elderberry how do you stay innovative and and keep your product relevant in this super competitive market yeah so 
The biggest thing that has really helped us stay relevant is going to farmers markets. So a lot of like in person in the beginning, you think, oh, it's like a small kind of like tiny business. But what you're doing is you're getting instant feedback right there on your product, what it tastes like, what it feels like, if it's a hard cap to open. Like it was really kind of a unique experience to have talked to at this point, let's see, almost five years in farmers markets, easily 20,000 people that have come to our table and talked to us about what we're doing and just listening. Honestly, I just listen. Like I ask people, hey, like how was that for you? Like be honest. Like, do you think it's expensive? You know, with every with every order that we sell, we always send an email of just your honest opinion. Like, would you recommend this? Like, did you think the shipping was good? And all of that feedback, just taking that into consideration. Like, hey, moms with five kids, they want to know if there's a way they can make it at home. So we ended up making a little kit for them. And yeah, so that's been a big part, just staying in tune. And then Instagram, it's a, like our business was based on Instagram, started on it. So that's also like an instant way to know what people are thinking and staying relevant. So you said going to farmer's markets, listening to the people. I'm thinking through just like how an ordinary mom who's folding clothes right now listening to (laughs) that saying, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. But I think that piece of advice, like listening to good feedback is beneficial to all of us as women because we don't like it when people tell us things that could be improved or that are not doing well. And some people are just mean. It's true. Oh, gosh, yes. Come at it from bad intentions. But part of why we need to be part of a church and have good friends is because good friends who are walking with the Lord is because the Lord uses those kind of relationships in our own lives to give us feedback and to help us think through things that maybe we need to change. So just like your your business, that that's how you grow and learn. Listening to feedback. Gosh, I'm I'm thinking about in my own life, like I really like for people to tell me how great I am. (laughs) But that's not really... that's not how we grow. Even the scriptures, going to the scriptures. So you're 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 reminding me of something. Even talking about elderberry syrup, like how as as Christian women we we need to lean into people that are honest with us so that we can learn. Don't you realize when you have kids too, they they have such a gift to be honest with you, even if you if you don't want to, and they tell you the truth, even if you didn't ask for it. All the time. This has nothing to do with elderberry syrup. However, I remember James was about 10 years old when we were in Louisville, and it was it was crazy pants when we were going to church on Sunday mornings, and Jimmy was gone, and I was a single mom every Sunday, and I would pray for single moms as I would drive to church, and we got halfway there, and he goes, Mom, how come when we're at home before church, you get really upset with us? And then when we get to church, you're really nice to everybody. <laughs> Y'all had nothing. Oh, no. I had nothing to say. James, if you're listening to this, which I seriously doubt you are, thank you for that. But that was feedback I needed to hear, and it hurts, but it, it's true. So we got nicer on the way to church on Sundays. Anyway, back to Lenny. This is like... Yeah, it turns into confessions. Listening to critics help us grow. I love that, Lenny. That's that's big. Mm-hmm. How about, can you share like a pivotal moment or a decision that, that impacted the growth of Elderberry? Did you share about the silos and, and how, and obviously COVID had a big impact too. But how about later on? There was a moment or you can share with us a moment that you like, it doesn't have to be great. It can be actually not good. But a moment that really shift the company either for good or not good, but your family too. Yeah. 
So we never thought we were going to have a third baby. (laughs) So Elderberry was the third baby. And we kind of, you know, we had that feeling in our heart as time went by. We're like, I think we, like, we kind of do. Let's let's do it, you know? And I used to think, well, what am I going to do with a newborn and running a business? How am I going to do that? I'm very big picture, so I ignore those things. I'm like, it's going to be great. Like, what could go wrong? We're just going to figure it out. Shari's my husband, nuts. (laughs) He wants, like, detailed outline of how we're going to do things. I'm like, God's got it. When I was pregnant, I had all these, like, funky pelvis things where I couldn't really stand that much. I couldn't walk that long. It was the first like all my my both pregnancies were like phenomenal this was the first time I kind of was like a sitting duck my dad came out of retirement and he was like I can do it for you and my dad's like just such a like incredible guy and he stepped in he learned how to make it I mean my dad can make elderberry syrup like nobody I know like my dad did you think you like would learn how to do this and he's cracking up and he just has like the the sweetest like spirit and he was so so helpful he ran the farmer's markets he shipped orders so that year where I was pregnant kind of started shifting a little bit my mentality like what am you know I'm not sure if I can continue to do this because we weren't big enough to say I had three or four people I could depend on oh yeah then somewhere in the factory it's getting made like most of the time I was in there getting splashed with elderberry making it and so once Olivia was born, that kind of was like a sobering moment. So I'm like, okay, this is a lot. This is going to be, we got to get either really serious about this and get a lot more help or kind of figure out. And so the city had this program where it's like, hey, we're looking for small businesses. We're going to give you like a 2,000 square foot warehouse for nothing. And all you have to do is come to this business class and learn from this guy who teaches MBA classes. And so Olivia was a newborn and Aaron was like, are you crazy? And I'm like, but if I do this, this, I think this is going to shed some light on whether or not I can really take this to the next level. I think I need to learn. And so from those classes and my business mentor too, I kind of realized like, I'm going to need a bigger catapult. I either do this as a hobby or I take it to the next level. And so that leads us to a couple more questions, but I ended up getting business partners. So they have a lot of it. They're running a lot of it now. But that was a huge deal because three little guys, school age, the baby, it really centered me quick. That kind of takes us to our next question because our next question is like, what are some lessons you've learned through this journey as an entrepreneur? But also things that you would have known before that you knew when you started and you already kind of share and you said, I don't know if you've realized, but you said you have mentorship, people that were mentoring you. So can you share with our village? Because it's probably a mom that just starting a business and you, and she's like, well, I'll just go with the flow as it goes. But you have mentioned me personally before how much this mentor has helped you realize sometimes when you kind of like overwhelmed with work or trying to make decisions And they kind of have ground you and give you almost like glasses, you know, to see clearly and actually avoid heavy mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So there, first off, there's so many people that are willing to help. That's I've met nothing but good people that want to pay it forward. And the first thing you should do absolutely is get a mentor. So you're probably like, well, where do it? Like, how do I do that? Is it mentors.com? Like, what what are they? (laughs) How do I find a mentor? Google mentors? Like, (laughs) yeah, Google business. No. So your local university probably has the business schools offer completely free programs. Like, if even if you're like, well, how do I make an LLC? 99% guarantee you it's free at your local school, community college, university. There's also a government run program called School. 
SCORE. So SCORE mentors are people that are most of the time retired business owners or they've sold companies and they're just there to meet with you for free weekly, monthly. A lot of these guys will even help you launch you know, huge companies and then they end up being partners. So it's totally, you don't have to commit anything to them. But since I probably about a year in, once silos happen, that's when I had a business mentor and that was huge. Just And she was a mom. She was a lot older than me. She knew the business world and she always kind of was there to to guide me and and also just to just to support. So it's super important, especially at church. Like I'm sure there's women who own businesses that are solid believers at your church. Like that'd be the first place I'd look to. So what advice would you give to our moms who are aspiring to be entrepreneurs and looking to start their own business? You said like have a mentor, but what about those moms like Kristen was saying that they're probably folding clothes at home and they're like their hands are full with babies and they have this or they already started a little business, but they want to take it to the next level. Like what advice would you tell them? Real advice. Yeah, trying to think like for me, I think in those early stages, just being sensitive to setbacks. So as women, I think we have this plan. We're really good at planning the future and knowing exactly what we want. And sometimes when it doesn't go that way, we can become discouraged or like we turn on the self-doubt again and like give yourself permission to say, you know, I want to do this. It's okay if I mess up. I'm going to be learning but I'm also going to be growing. So part of that process of like learning how to navigate that is find your mentor, find your springboard, find a solid godly woman that can also help you filter all these things through, through the lens of the word. You know, that's super important. The number one thing I'd say is just pray, ask God to confirm these desires, ask the Holy Spirit to go before you that sometimes we make decisions that don't have the best motives, but we don't know yet, right? Like what could go wrong? Like, I really want to just do this, but ask the Lord, you know, show me my motives and bless this. I'm going to do it. You know, you pray, you move forward knowing that he's, he's next to you. And if your heart is to honor God with what he's giving you, if your heart is to do good, it's like a lot. I was, I was telling you the other day, you know, like when we, you're selling stuff, you're, you have a business, whatever it is, you're, you're making profit. Like you also have an option. Like, what am I going to do with that? Do I want to give back? What am I going to be doing with what the Lord's giving? Because I would say a huge part of owning the business felt like being just a steward. It was a really big test. Like, what do you do when this lands in your lap? So I think I would say pray. (laughs) Isn't that so applicable to us moms? Like the Lord gives us this family, the Lord gives us this kids, this precious kids, and we're the stewards of their lives. And we're supposed to go in church and community and teach them the word of God. Like, I feel like, right, Kristen, everything that she was saying, I was like, you don't need to have a business to understand and be and, and apply this, right? That's right. Yeah. So, Lenny, as you said, we as women, we as moms are planners. What are the future plans for Elderberry Elixir? Oh, gosh, what a time. Yeah. Can you spill the beans? You can share a little bit now and a little bit on part two. It's up to you. Yeah. So I kind of touched a little bit on that, right? Like we had to bring in some partners. One of the companies that has been buying Elderberry from us, he makes sea moss gel. So I don't know if you guys are familiar. That's like the newest thing too. And it's like sea moss from the Dead Sea. 
and it's like blended up and it becomes a gel and people are using it as like a miracle cure for skin, for hair, digestion, immunity, literally everything. I'm laughing. I'm sorry. But what? no, no. It, I'm sure it's awesome. But I want to, every time I hear something like this, like, oh, I got to buy it. And Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy's going to see like elderberry, sea moss. He's going to think I'm like a hippie or something. I'm going for it. If you say it's good, Lenny, I'm buying it. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like it's taking off like wildfire. Get us the coupon code. Yeah, we'll get you the promos. So this guy that makes the sea moss, he had an idea to do an elderberry infused sea moss, right? Like, whoa, this guy. Okay, cool. Let's do it. And he was like, hey, I've been looking for an elderberry company. Nobody answers my calls. I think they think I'm not serious, but like, I'm going to go big with this. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'll make some elderberry for you. Let's do it. I started sending him like a few bottles a month and it became a gallon. And then we were up to like 10 gallons a month that he was just like selling like crazy. He's in New York. And so my husband gave me the idea when I started thinking like, I don't know, like this next step, like, do I sell it? Do I look for a partner? He's like, why don't you ask Jimmy? That's his name, the guy who does the CMOS. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying like Jimmy, her husband. I was like, I was like, he ain't going to do it, Lenny. Don't ask him. He's <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> no CMOS for him. So I talked to Jimmy and funny enough, he had just gotten an investor. So this guy that to make a big warehouse for him, he has like a production facility. He goes, that is incredible. Let me talk to him and see. So long story short, he and his business partner ended up like adopting most of the company. And so this just happened. Like last Monday, by the way, guys. So big news. Hot off the presses. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to be moving everything to New York and him and his partner are going to take over. And then I'm still going to hold on to some and they're not letting me sell it. They're, actually, they're really fine. Like they wouldn't let me. I was like, well, do you guys want to buy the whole thing? Like, no, you're going to want to do this. We'll just wait and see. I was like, okay. I'm just kind of hang on for a little bit and then next year get a little bit more involved. But they're kind of taking over now. So yeah, so super exciting. <laughs> so we we have more to talk about with Lenny, not only about her business, but her experience. And she has more big news other than that one, but she still have big news about the company and more to share with you, Village. But stay tuned because part two is coming. Thank you, Lenny, for being with us for part one. But we still have part two and there's more to talk about. So we're going to say goodbye together at the count of three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.